0: Hey Coconuts, welcome to another episode of Weekly Market Updates, where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. Firstly, holidays are coming up, but we do have some stories for you. Our first story is CPI numbers. It came out on Wednesday last week. We talk you through that together with a little bit of a dot plot change from the Fed. What does that mean? We break that down. Secondly, a pretty nice handshake between US and Chinese companies with Actually, So that's that's really nice During this season of Christmas So the US regulators gain access To the audits of Chinese companies So that's really nice We'll take you through some of that And last but not least Our big topic for today Howard Marx's memo And where he talks about the sea change So on this he, We actually then break that down Give you a quick summary of what it looks like And some of our thoughts It's quite interactive. Towards the end, we'd love to find out what you think about it, whether you actually see a sea change. And we can't wait to hear from you. So let's get to it. Hello, Coconuts. Welcome to another episode of Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. And Anthony. I need to come up with something to say after my name, man. (laughs) You should, you should. (laughs) Like, pause. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's why we had Jefferson. That's it. What did he say? Um. Welcome to a new week. Ah yes. Oh, true. True. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll try that. I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Christmas is coming up. Companies are winding down. I know. And I... I mean, speaking of winding down, other things are winding down too. Oh, companies are winding up too. You know, um, <laughs> not the greatest, but we'll see. Oh man. Yes, um, and, and Coconuts listening in, thank you so much for coming in on you know a Wednesday that is so close to Christmas. There are a bit of news for you this week. We haven't done our wrapped, by the way, Anthony, so we definitely need to be doing that. You know, Spotify wrapped, we'll do yeah, like let, a let, TFC I, to, wrapped.
1: Everybody's doing that. Let, let's just look forward. I, I don't really <laughs> want to reflect on a year past. It's like, no. <laughs> it's just relieving pain, you know. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. But it could be a good year to, to pick up some ideas. Maybe Anthony will do that next week, right? Yep. Uh, just after Christmas when literally there'll be no news. So <laughs> Yeah. Ho- hopefully there'll be no
1: news. <laughs> later, later you, you have another piece of news. Oh, must, must sell Twitter. They go like, what? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that will be a Christmas present to remember, huh? Yeah, that will be a
1: Christmas morning to remember. It's terrible. It's not April (laughs) (laughs) Fool's.
0: Awesome, awesome, Goconuts. All right, coming back to you this week, to our three stories, we're going to touch on the CPI numbers to begin with. Obviously, we talked about it a little bit last week, but there was a little bit of a change in terms of the dot plots. We wanted to bring up that. Then we're going to talk on the US regulators gaining access to the audits of Chinese companies. Right. Right. that's that's pretty interesting. Like, like that's that, that last... exciting, right from the beginning, right? Talk about audit. Yeah, everybody wants yeah. to that. audit. Audit, hey, 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 you don't lie. You know, I was an auditor, right? I know, and and we know you quit <laughs> for reason, right? So, <laughs>
1: okay, fine. I, I mean, you know, all, all respect to
0: them for for doing a, a good job for you know long Absolutely. hours and crappy pay. <laughs> hey, 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 don't. <laughs> It's a necessary <laughs> thing that they are doing, as it, opposed it to is. me, which is yes, uh, yeah. much better, I think <laughs> there's I no spend. hard skill involved in what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and and number three, we're going to talk about Howard Marks memo. All right. Yeah. it's Out of rage
1: on Twitter, how how to not talk about it, wow. even though it's not really like yeah. new news.
0: <laughs> Definitely, definitely. All right. So first things first, CPI numbers. Yep. Now. Six days ago, was it? Or a few days ago, they raised interest rates. Wednesday, now, good news like, is... Literally the day after flight. you
1: released the podcast, they went, oh, new right.
0: news. Maybe we should get Reggie <laughs> to give us a new slot instead of like Wednesdays. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we called it here, Anthony. Right? We knew, I mean, rather the market also knew it was going to be a 0.5 basis points. Uh, I think no big news there. We expected it. Uh, they expected to also continue throughout the next year in terms of increase. And I think one of the key things here was that they could be ending rate hikes at 5.1%, okay. right? According to the FOMC's dot plot. So I think yep. that's something pretty interesting. They're looking to still continue to increase in 2023, no mm-hmm. reductions until 2024. They're just going to be increasing at a reduced rate, like what we're seeing yep. now. Now, previous to this, um, Anthony, we did not expect such a high cash rate. Yeah, would or, you say that
1: we, we we kind of expected an increase in the dot plot? Um, you know, I mm. think it was just you know where where they saw terminal rates ending was was really the question. I think you know now five five something seems relatively logical, but I think it, you know as this Fed has shown us and and has said repeatedly that they are quite happy to you know decide when new data points come in right? So, you know, if, mm. if we go into a, a really crappy recession next year, things might change. You know, I mean, they don't see it happening now. They, they still think employment will be strong ish, um, mm. yada yada. So, so they, they still feel like they, they need to keep rates high, high. but at the end of the day, you know, um, it really depends on what happens. So, and I think one one relatively interesting thing is that the markets don't seem to believe the, the Fed dot plot anymore. And hmm. I mean, that that kind of makes sense, right? Um, Last year, at the end of last year, I think the, the September or December one, they were forecasting rates at the end of 2022 to be like 2% or something. You know, um, clearly yes. wrong. <laughs> um, e- Even yes. in like, <laughs> I think March or June, they were saying that terminal rate will be like 4%. Um, Four, clearly wrong exactly. again, right? They, they, they keep revising their mm. estimates upwards um, every few months, so... Mm. Um, they, they have been consistently wrong. May, maybe they'll be wrong this time. And I think that the market is kind of taking a view that the long, like they will be forced to cut next year. You know, so the recession will be so bad. It will be so fast that the Fed has no choice but to start lowering rates um, instead of keeping them high. Mm. So I think that, that's yeah. where you see a bit of a disconnect where, you know, there has been a lot of very hawkish statements from the Fed, from, from the ECB, from, from, Mm. literally all the central banks saying this is not over yet and then the markets go la 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 i don't believe you you're you're going to you know um, lower rates into a recession therefore you know you're not going to keep raising and i'm going to bet and i'm going to position myself otherwise in the market so we'll see right people people always say don't fight the fed but they are fighting the Fed now so you know Mm. um, it's it's a bit of an odd
0: one to be in and i think that the disconnect there is a very good point that you bring up right and it, to the point where the chair actually said, like, it will take substantially more evidence to have confidence that the inflation is on a sustained downward path. Yes, he's listened now, to me.
1: Good job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, I mean, I think that it's it's affecting already, right, this year. And with the, before this increase, and obviously we know that this is a lagging factor, right? This is because of the erasers much, much earlier on. So I think we really need to see what's going to happen in the first quarter, in the first two quarters, right? Yep. I mean, among my friends alone in, in, in the sales sphere, um, we are already it list, to be honest, <laughs> for the next six months of what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the tech industry. So that's because, you know, companies are going to be cutting, they're cutting employment, all of these things cascade, at least in the micro level where, where we are at. Yep. Um, so I think it's important to see where, where we're going to end up in the next two to three months
1: yeah but i I guess so i'll I'll kind of caution against that so in in the sense that I mean we have talked. Top- a lot about you know tech company retrenchments and all that, especially in the US, right? And and globally, mm. where, where all these tech companies have kind of overhired and and are right sizing, but at the end of the day, they are still a very small part of the US workforce, right? Yes. Um, it, it's still relatively minuscule. I mean, even what Amazon firing ten thousand people globally, that's one percent of their workforce. You know, so um, mm. plenty more. I mean, you can look at it two ways, right? One is plenty more weight room to cut <laughs> around the entire yeah. economy. Two is, if it's yeah. really limited only to tech, because that's where the worst of the excess was and therefore, you know, the, the only part that needs to be treated, then, hey, the, the general economy might still be fine and, you know, we, we won't ever get that, you know, sufficiently high unemployment rate to, um, you know, actually call it a, a deep recession, right? And and have all those flow-through mm-hmm. effects. So, I think that the, the short answer is always we'll see, right? Um, that's <laughs> that's the, the, the such job. a lawyer answer. That's that's why nobody ever wants to talk <laughs> about macro because nobody really knows. Um, but yes. you know, um, I I think it, the the best guess right now is that there will be a recession. Um, Fed will probably you know cut rates or or signal that they will start cutting rates. Um, mm. if it worsens to to provide some comfort. Um, Biden will come in with a bazooka of cash to, if especially if it occurs at the end of 2023, <laughs> to, to prop Say up print, the economy yes. and like win the next election. You know, so things th- things will happen, right? And you know, may- maybe maybe we we're right, maybe we're wrong. Nobody knows. I think not, it's it's really just a guessing game mm. now. And maybe that answer is just to keep buying and then to keep staying invested. You know, instead of selling it all to cash because you think the world is ending next year.
0: Yes, <laughs> true. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good point to 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 bring up. I mean, on my side, I'm also very, very uncertain how the next few months are going to go, especially on the investing point. I'm not even talking about jobs or, or career or anything. Yeah, um, yeah and yeah, I think let's see. C- right? if, if we have your,
1: you know, money, I mean, on a very personal level, if we have like monthly salary coming in, we have relatively stable salary, hmm. we have our, you know, emergency funds and then all of that set up, then... And if you don't know what we are talking about, please listen to other episodes in the podcast. But if you do know what you're talking about, yes. you know, get <laughs> use this holiday season, get all these things right, get your plan right. I think investing mm. is kind of secondary, right? Because what you really need to do is to survive. Right? You don't want to yes. sell off your stocks, you don't want to sell your house and you know downsize or be homeless or what have you. Right? Get your get your, you know, basics right. And then, you know, once that's done, we can start thinking about how to grow it again.
0: Absolutely, and and check that leverage as well, right? Make sure that when the well, costs well, increase for mortgages, or loans, or whatever, of, like, gone away
1: with oh yeah, house, housing leverage is terrible. House la house, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> People like Nivo and buy last year. terrible. <laughs> it's so expensive seriously
0: <laughs> it is um, yes if, if you don't know what we're talking about you want to know a bit more here we have a ton of podcasts here in The Financial Coconut listen to our personal financial podcasts uh, you can go to the main one actually The Financial yep. Coconut and you can stream from there
1: and if you can't find an episode you know join our telechat group at Meeting to tell to ask <laughs> so where the episode is and she'll get back to you so, and she so you, you know exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, <laughs> cool. Well, let's see how we go with the CPI and with the Fed interest rates over the next quarter. Anthony, take Exciting. us away with point number two. Well,
1: before we get there, I just wanted to say uh, on mm. macro as well. Th- this is one of those times that I miss Jefferson, right? Because the, the the Bank of Japan came up with today and and said, you know, um, they they are, they are releasing a bit of their u curve control, and they are allowing mm. it to move a bit more. And markets reacted. I think like the the U.S. futures immediately dropped like one or two percent um upon the announcement. And frankly, I have wow. no idea what it means. Wow. Um, and and I have no idea how it affects the U.S. market. So this would have been a mm. time when you know Jefferson was like, yeah, I can I can show he can yes, show yes. off his knowledge and, and flexes <laughs> um ideas. But, you just you
0: just said oh I forgot about him. Right at the start Of this
1: episode But this is one of the times That that I actually miss him You remember Yeah fair (laughs) enough (laughs) Otherwise he just Always tells me I'm wrong So so that's a bit irritating Okay, okay, uh, moving on. Uh, um, US regulators, Chinese audits. I mean, th- this is, again, one of those stories that has been playing out mm. for a while, right? I mean, if you go back into ancient history of like, what, March this year, when, when everything seemed rosy and Chinese, well, I mean, US stocks were falling a bit, but Chinese stocks were really in, in the doldrums. You know, th- there was this yep. whole specter of like delisting of Chinese companies listed in the US because their mm. audits couldn't be verified independently by the US, um, yada, yada. And you know, that 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 kind of got an update, I think, in August this year, where the, yeah. the Chinese authorities you know, did as everybody as well we expected and said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll let you have access to the books. Right? Um, and this was done after they they delisted, mm-hmm. you know, some relatively sensitive companies like defense contractors and, and all of that. And now now they we seem to have at least preliminary results of of the initial inspection, where you know the the PCAOB, okay. which is the the US regulator, went down to Hong Kong because China zero COVID, so cannot let them go to China. Um, go into China. Go yes. into China, and when they started the inspection, you know, they they said they released a statement saying we have done this for nine weeks, we have got you know access to all the documents you wanted the the chinese have been cooperating you know we have have found issues but i think that the main takeaway for for me is the chinese have been cooperating they're not playing punk and not not giving us information or redacting information or you know hiding documents um so you know it's quite open in this sense yeah and and it's nice for the u.s regulator to to come out and be quite open about it and say oh yeah you know this is actually gone Recently, mm. rather than you know, whining about how how they have had their every move stymied by the you know cunning Chinese, so you know I think this is a good start mm. and and maybe hopefully removes a bit of the specter of um, a, a Chinese well, a, a broad abroad delisting of Chinese companies in the US exchanges. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean it's still early days, isn't it? Well, I mean it's, Into it's the audit. yeah,
1: it, it's it's early days. So they, they said they're continuing their work, you know, like twenty twenty three. They they want to inspect every year, right? So their work will literally never end. And, you know, I guess one day when the Chinese decide to be uncooperative again, then they'll raise the the threat of delisting again. So, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, this is really a political situation, right? And then things can change, yep. so we never really know, but I, it seems as if, you know, at least for the short term, because of whatever reasons of the Chinese that you know, nobody really knows, this mm. is something that is like 70-80% resolved, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, they can turn around tomorrow and say, haha, we are, we are kicking you all out um, now, and, and you are never coming back again. But that's, I mean... If they wanted to do that, they wouldn't have incorporated from the start, right? They would have like just started highly documented, and all of that, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's nice to see actually. Yeah, it's nice to see, right? Even in like yes. a, an era of you know great power com- competition, that there is still absolutely. some cooperation somewhere. Um, and, and mm. the Chinese, you know, being subservient to the Americans,
0: <laughs> well. Subservient is a question mark. I mean, <laughs> this oh, well, I is mean, effectively it, 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 just following the regulation. But
1: this is following US regulations instead of your own yes, regulations, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Im- imagine yeah. if the US came and said, Singapore, no more death penalty for drug traffickers, right? And, and you have to say, okay, fine, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to abolish my law. Yeah. That That is being subservient. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, true. No, I think it's nice, right, that, you know, we do still see the silver lining uh, between... These two companies, I mean, these two countries, not companies, yep. that have been going quite at it in, on different fronts over the last year, over this year, especially, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's hope for more cooperation and less wars. Lah. Let's yes, that way. And,
1: and hopefully, you know, <laughs> our Hong Kong stocks recover a bit more um, thanks to all of mm. this. Um, although now, now they have moved on to a different problem of zero COVID and the exit from zero COVID is just absolutely yes. terrible. Um, but, you know, uh, yes, it is that openness. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, really short awesome. one. Awesome. Well, nothing much to say about this, as expected. I know. <laughs> and everything else is confidential, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On to our last story. What is this Howard Marks memo? Do you you know who Howard Marks is, right? Howard Marks, no. Tell me.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So he is famously an investor. Um, he's not like you know Michael Burry level of bearishness or, or level of fame um but he's mm. probably one of the you know really and he's not Warren buffett obviously but but he's one of the really well-known investors over the past 30 years I would say um you know he he's his company's oak tree capital they've they built up I mean mm. they, they have always been a bit you know counter-cyclical and I guess you know it's, it's just kind of in he, he's always kind of interesting to read because he goes a bit against what the prevailing, or what the popular view tends to be at any time. So, you know, for, and and he he said this himself, right? In the last 10 years, it's just been crap for him because he's not a growth guy. He's Mm -hmm. not a tech guy. He he can't find value anywhere. Um, He's famously uh, a bonds and like distress credit type of person, um, you know, which which has been sucky since 2009. So, So they made huge amounts in like, 2008, 2009, and then the the whole 13 years since then right. has been like, you know, date uh, for them. So, um and, and he, he just released a memo last week going, Oh, yeah, you know, this is what I see the investing world as. And I think, you know, because he's calling for that, you know, it's really quite a big regime change. And, and he's, you know, famous. That's why all the press picked up on it and he said, Oh, yeah, you know, why don't we talk about this? <laughs>
0: Because I can't tell
1: right. about BOJ because I don't
0: understand it. Damn it! <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, on that note, coconuts, if you do know, know a bit more there about the BOJ uh, and what happened over the last couple of days, please let us know. Yes. Right. Uh. And, and right. How it
1: affects
0: my it portfolio, to us. You know? Please tell, Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Your portfolio. Okay. Wait lah. Just exactly what happened? How it affect the US stocks first? Um. Oh, okay. In terms of futures, right? Yep. Uh. Let's let's do that first, right? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> please. Uh. Yeah. Mm. Slide into our DMs. Right. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. We'd love to find out more, um, and I think we can we can all learn a thing or two from that. If
1: you one. want to come on to the show, that's great.
0: Why not? I don't need to not? do market updates on the
1: twenty seventh of December. <laughs> <laughs> I can have a Christmas
0: break. <laughs> <laughs> Rakesh awesome. can ask you questions about it. Okay. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: All right, coming back. Sorry. So sea change. Yep. Howard Marks. Yeah. So I mean, he he's kind of famous, and I think he it was, it was really nice. Um, well, I think a lot, a lot of these um famous investors, they either get very philosophical and all that, but he he's a plain writer, so it's easy to read, right? I, I mean mm. you, you see a lot of investment people, they start with like some random quote from some random Roman philosopher, not even because Greek, Greek is too passe and everybody does it. So some random Roman philosopher <laughs> and they go like, Who are you? I don't, I don't listen to you, I don't. It's, it's terrible. Um but anyway, yeah, so so he, he I mean, he thinks about, you know, the the markets in the last 50 60 years has probably having had mm. two big changes and he thinks we're in the midst of a third one so the first one was mm. really when high yield bonds um came into play in, in the 1970s and that was when it yep. was like oh you know it's a liberalization of the bond market it's when investors really thought about you know recent return um so yeah Risk and return rather than just return, because you you could get better outcomes that way. And then kind of led mm. to the growth of fixed income as a you know strong asset class. And then the next mm. was you know after the, the inflationary cycle of the nineteen seventies, from the nineteen eighties all the way to probably last year. It, it's it's what has been characterized as a low interest rate environment. Right? So so obviously there were market cycles, there were hikes, ups and downs, but inexorably the trend for, you know, the, the US interest rate was always downwards and all the Fed did mm. and all the Fed really wanted to do um, was to cut interest rates and, and stimulate the economy, right? And, yes. you know, yes. that, that has obviously changed as we have talked about multiple times <laughs> since, since last year where we have had this year of inflation, we have had, I think, that the quickest Fed rate hiking cycle ever. Um, even yes, Maybe, absolutely. I think, we might have lost once to the 1970s. I can't remember exactly. But, you know... um that the, the Fed has really turned very hawkish in its messaging. And so, you know, he, his speculation is that, look, th- this will last, right? We we are no longer in a world where you know, the, the mm. Fed really loves to lower interest rates to, to stimulate the economy. And therefore, you know, all the things that have worked, you know, since 2008, 2009, um, when you have had z- close to zero interest rates, almost throughout, right, except for like a, a period of a year, Um, And and even a lot of the strategies you've had from like 1980s where in effect that there were a lot of, you know, effectors boosting the economy, that has changed Mm. right now. And so, you know, all these strategies that used to work right now um, might not work going forward, right? Right. I mean, um, long story short, past returns, not indicative of future returns. But yes, you know, I think that like he's saying, you know, look at the underlying... That, that might have shifted. And if they have shifted, you know, your, your strategies kind of need to shift as well. As well. Did he give any actionables into what strategies we should look forward to? Well, I mean, as, as a bond and credit guy who who's probably the best at like, bonds and credits globally mm-hmm. you no know, he just like buy bonds uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um in in the sense that you know um and and anyway, it kind of makes sense right which is why we, we have this whole bond show on, on tfc as well to, to try to understand a bit yeah. more about the asset class before buying in but i mean you go and look at you know high yield bonds right not 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 really junk i mean you, you do that you don't want to buy coinbase at what 20 percent yield um that that's kind of insane mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you know you could buy i don't know credit uh, credit is kind of a bad example uh, you, no, you could buy no. like one, one of the, the singapore listed reads of um, that they have you know low gearing and all that for eight seven eight percent yield, right then I mean, if mm-hmm. you're talking about, oh, you know, I, I want to invest in the S&P because over the past 50 years, it's averaged 10% returns Um, throughout. Hey, you know, I, I can buy a bond at 8%. And that gives me close to equity like the returns, right? Um, with a, with a very simple company that I know about and I don't really need to, like, I can kind of ignore the macro a bit. You know, it's, it's easier to analyze, I am, you know, I am, I am in priority to equity holders because I'm debt holder. Why not, right? You, you are lowering your yeah. risk um, just by virtue of being, you know, a, a debt holder. And you are kind of getting the same return as the S&P over the past 50 years. So why even look at equities? Mm. So I, I think that's kind of the, the gist of what he was getting at. I mean, a, a few other points that I thought were, were quite interesting was, well, you know, your... 50 year, I mean, people always talk about and we, we just had this discussion in the Telegram group as well, right? Um people always talk about oh, you need to stay investor, yeah. you need know, to buy the p you know, that that's like the, the bulk of your fund because over the past fifty years, equity returns have averaged, you know, 10%, right? <laughs> and mm. well, yes. but if we have moved past this era and we are going to a, a generally more restrictive era, then you know are we that sure that the next 50 years will still give you, you know, 10% the same equity amount. returns, right? Um, mm. If you believe in the equity risk premium, it should be higher because your your debt is already in 9%. You know, your your equities need to fall by enough to give you an equity risk premium of, what, 14, 15, no, 12, 13%, right? So, you know, that yep. means that markets yep. are still going down, you know, and how, how do all these things play out? I, I think that's, you know, and and how certain are we that, you know, a 50-year backtest is enough that we don't, that that we are, you know, very, very confident in our DCA just by S&P, close our eyes and forget it type of strategy, right? I think Mm. that that is really the the big concern to me, right? Because if if it's correct and everything is changing and we are really in a regime change of past the past 40 years, right, where we have had, you know, so many things that helped push inflation down and and now we are no longer in that type
0: of world, then yeah. that is going to be an issue. Mm, yeah. I think that's a, that's a fair point. But then there comes the next question, right? Yes. If we are going through this, and I, I've noticed it myself, it's like, you know, I mean, look at look at what's happening in, in the world, right? We had the the range of all of it down. Now, mm-hmm. skyrocketing to, to interest rates massively high, even in Singapore, right? Where we are. Have we really seen it this high before in Singapore? I actually yeah. don't know, right? Not yes. when? 70s? Ten years 80s? Ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. Sure? It,
1: it, it's not. Before 08, right? Huh? Yeah, no. Actually, even during O eight, um, wait, uh, Singapore interest rates. I I don't think you know we are that far. Like Singapore ha- hasn't really had like super you know zero interest rate type environments. I think. I'm um, purple- about okay, sorry. Are. The last time we were here was two thousand and seven. Mm, yeah, just before O eight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But so even exactly. before so that, since, you know, in in yeah. the in in two thousand, we we were around there as well. So um, once we got past the Asian financial crisis, um, our interest rates, like the Singapore interest rates, were went actually, back up again. Yeah, relatively decent you know all throughout uh, until 2009 and to 2019 and then it started to crack. come back down and yeah yeah exactly, it was right. like pretty much close to zero and and that kind of <laughs> meant that the SGX died because you know um we are all value companies mm. right um, mm. and that that's just not not the era in which you know um the the companies that listen the in the Singapore stock exchange can can survive or can do really well so maybe maybe this is a good thing for the SGX and we should all you know just Mm. buy well not DBS and OCBC because they're overvalued now but you can start buying up all the reads you can buy all the random Mm. Singapore companies
0: now yeah could be but yeah coming back to it is this if this is a new era technically past data won't matter so then what do we look at to try and make some decisions right would be would be my biggest questions coming from this memo coming from me personally yeah um, in the next couple of years? Yeah, they so I have an
1: answer. I think, you know, you kind of have to go back to, to first principles, right? I mean, in, in the last mm. 40 years, what, what has happened, you know? You have had this really big push towards globalization, right? And, you know, yep. really um, disparate um, supply chains, really efficient supply chains, and all, all of this kind of pushed inflation down, right? Because the whole point of this is to be really cost-minimizing right um and then outsourcing and all that um you have had a lot of growth in tech um you know Moore's law has worked really really well and it's breaking down now Mm -hmm. um in chips but you know you had just so much technological innovation that fundamentally changed the, the way people lived and worked and also had that you know disinflationary effect Right, I mean, we we talked about this in the context of cloud and all that as well, where it's just a way for companies to save costs, right? And you mm. know, that that has also happened. Yes. And you know, I think then then looking at the world we are in now, I mean, and of course there there were a lot of you know very dovish Feds. There were that there's all, all the other range of reasons for the past 40 years being being so good and and why you know, people just wanted to to have stimulate the economy even more, right? Um, you had a group of private equity as an asset class, you had a group of leverage and all of that, and, and all the financial engineering and all the math that came with that. But, you know, I mean, you look at the, the 40 years going forward, or at least the next you know, three to five years going forward, because how do we know what happens in 40 years, right? um Things... look really really different at least from from where we stand right now right um that globalization trend really isn't going to it is reversing right we we can we can all see it reversing um and that just means costs will go up right costs of you know making an iphone costs of you know getting your garments costs of getting chips into your computers all of these will will go up as people Mm. build more redundancy in their supply chains right um you talk about you know the effect of tech yes that there, there's still certain parts of tech that are disinflationary but it's not necessarily always the case right like maybe chat gpt will be disinflationary because it changes the way you know people mm. like generative ai changes the way people work right people are more efficient than and all that but you know does the blockchain is the blockchain disinflationary? I think that, that's hard to say, right? Um, it actually adds computing costs, so maybe it's actually inflationary, you know? Um, well, yeah. And I, mean, I I don't even know, I mean, if, if, and if Morse Law is breaking down, we don't get as much um, improvements in, in terms of the hardware side anymore, then, hey, there, there's no disinflationary effect from you know, having more computing power, right? We're, ju- we're just going to have to make do with what we have or, or make very, very slow progress based on what we have, and then, you know, we, we, cannot cost on, we cannot count on the same cost cost savings as we, could, as we could have done, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago, right? Mm. So, you know, just looking at these factors, it, it seems as if we really are going into, you know, a world that is markedly different from what has transpired yeah. past, right? And then you add on to all this, you know, like all the developing countries have an aging population, have aging demographics, yeah. you have lower labor force, you know, how does that help? And like mm. like it's it just doesn't look good
0: you know, generally. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and I think what 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 you said there has been quite quite interesting, right? Uh thanks for, for coming up with like sort of a overview picture of <laughs> where yeah. where we have I should been. write
1: a memo next and nobody will read it, but you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> no man, we can we can talk about it here and our listeners I'm sure would would be loving this. Uh, but I think the question we'd pose to you, coconuts, out there is, right, based on this, how would you see it, right? And I would love to actually even find out whether you agree with us on this, whether you agree with Howard. Well, I call him Howard. Like much Howard he's my chum friend. A friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, whether you agree with that and, and you know, any any recommendations from your end would be highly, highly recommended. Just drop it in directly in our Telegram.
1: Yeah, I want to hear from all the growth investors, actually. You know, mm. to, are you going... I mean, all the growth investors, they're, they're fundamental investors, right? Whatever. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, are it's really that chasing of revenue growth or even at this stage, free cash flow growth. What is important going forward? Or, or is there something else, right? Because, mm. you know, I think that, like, it might really and when we talk about regime change you know this tends to happen as well but it might really be one of those cases where the the deep value or or the value investing style come comes a bit more into play um compared to like you know speculative tech right yeah maybe let's not call it growth let's go less speculative Mm. tech um because you know if your interest rates are if your base interest rates are higher it, it's not about it's not really about dcf right it's about the the hurdle rate that you need to get to to make your to make taking on the risk worth it and the answer is probably if it's so speculative it's going to be really really difficult no matter the time no matter what you know the revenue growth rate for now is especially if you're coming to recession to to even say that this will work absolutely yeah absolutely I'm really interested to see if there's any you know, people Same. wanting to shout that I'm wrong, which I probably am, but you know, I can speak confidently like chat GPT. And that's all the difference.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, on that philosophical note, Anthony, <laughs> yep. thanks so much for, for another great episode. And Coconuts, hopefully we leave you here thinking a little bit, yep. uh, a little different to the end of this episode. And hopefully we left you with a few thoughts there and I'm looking forward to hearing from you
1: Alright, thanks guys
0: See you folks, see you next week Bye. Yeah, Bye Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh and trust that you learned something today If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter join our community telegram group or follow us on social media We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered To sign up, please click the description below As always, we love your feedback, so share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks, and stay safe.